Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Uh, got a lot to talk about this evening. Uh, well, it's Wednesday night, and we have the return of golf. But we still got to talk a little bit about the NFL. Uh, we have the wildcard games coming up this weekend. I'll get into that uh, lo- uh, a little bit later on, so probably for the Friday show, obviously. Uh, I'll try to get a Friday night show in uh, before the game, uh, early games on Saturday, at least preview it that way. But uh, uh, before we get into the golf, uh, we'll talk about the issue of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Antonio Brown. So, basically, the Steelers have been eliminated from playoff competition, but the hubbub as to why Antonio Brown was not playing Sunday against the Bengals is where things get pretty interesting. So, the official story we heard from the stories was a load of BS. Because the official story that we were told initially on Sunday was that he was being held out due to a knee injury. When in reality what happened is that the Pittsburgh Steelers decided to bench Antonio Brown. So the backstory of this stems uh, back into last week wherein on Wednesday Antonio Brown reported to Steeler, to the Steelers that he uh, wasn't feeling well with his knee and asked for a second opinion when the team had examined him. Uh, that happened uh, towards the end of the week, and the Steelers had not heard from him on Friday. Saturday was the expected walkthrough uh, before the game, obviously on Sunday, and Antonio Brown was nowhere to be seen. The Steelers couldn't contact Brown. Uh, teammates were text messaging, no response. Coach Mike Tomlin couldn't get a hold of him. So at that point, because Brown had not shown up for the mandatory walkthrough and they still didn't have an answer as to what was going on with the knee, if he, he said it was bothering him, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin decided to take a stand and decided to bench Antonio for the game Sunday because when Antonio, Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, called Tomlin on Sunday morning, indicating that Antonio would be good to go uh, and play through the knee uh, issue, Tomlin informed Rosenhaus that that option was off the table and they've decided to move forward uh, with everything that was going on with the current roster as constructed minus Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown then shows up to the team late on Sunday wearing a and I gotta say, it, it was a nice fur coat. It was a mink fur coat. Uh, he shows up in, in a fur coat, not really doing anything else except looking like a pimp. <laughs> but um, no, it was a good coat. I'm not gonna lie. But um, realistically, you know, it was a Joe Namath like fur coat. So, I mean, honestly, uh, Antonio was drawing attention to himself. Uh, and as the game was going along and the Steelers were struggling, Antonio Brown then decides to leave the game at halftime. 
without saying anything to the coaching staff. So that's where this has uh, basically coalesced into the absolute dumpster fire that it is in Pittsburgh because now you've got the organization mad at Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's mad at the organization for benching him and also for not ever taking his uh, back when things came to a head because apparently there was a confrontation between Brown and another teammate uh, earlier in the week, uh, at the start of the week, uh, uh, basically on uh Tuesday that Big Ben was privy to but then later denied even though there were multiple eyewitnesses placing Big Ben at the scene where Antonio Brown got into a tiff with a teammate that wasn't uh, Roethlisberger by the way but Roethlisberger was there so again this is an entire mess so where does it leave us it left us with a press conference today where Mike Tomlin, for no lack of a better term, sounds like he wants to trade Antonio Brown. From my perspective, I would say that this could be the beginning of the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers in this current regime. Because even though they hadn't won the Super Bowl, this was one of the most dominant teams of the last five years. And, you know, for whatever you want to say about their legacy... It is hard to think of a more fearsome trio of Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, and Antonio Brown. Like, realistically, yeah, you can make a case for all three of them being top three at their position. Ben's the weakest case, but you could make a case if you wanted to over that entire five-year span. And with, in the case of Bell and Brown, I think they're uh, they're both at the top. But, you know, that's another story. So again, to lose both Bell and potentially Antonio Brown coming into next season, it's unfathomable to me uh, if you're the Steelers. You cannot lose that much talent. That 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 would be the ultimate, ultimate just sign of disrespect for your division, thinking that you can breeze by with losing those guys. Because here's the thing uh, of the, uh, the fact, uh, the heart of the matter, really is that for the Steelers, it's not the offense that failed. Even though they were 31st in the league in rushing, James Conner did a very good job running the football this year. The problem with the Steelers was the fact that their defense was so consistently inconsistent that they could look so great against Carolina, look absolutely horrendous against the Bra- teams like the Browns, and just be all over the map in terms of uh, uh, performance week after week. The Steelers' issues stem from the lack of depth on their roster in the defensive position. Even though they drafted numerous defensive players, none of those guys have panned out outside of Ryan Chazier, who tragically, uh, uh, his NFL career was cut short. But, you know, it's just one of those situations where, honestly, the Steelers have got to fix a number of issues. So, You know, you could try trading Antonio Brown. There's no way you're going to get proper valuation. And even with the draft picks, you still have missed on so many free agents that, you know, this is a case where any kind of trade, if you're contemplating it, if you're steals for Antonio Brown, it's got to include a Pro Bowl defensive player in return from the team you're trading him to. 
there, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. If you can't draft the guy, you got to trade for the guy. And again, you're not going to get even close to market value for Antonio Brown. So that's why I think it's a mute, moot point entirely because, again, you cannot get the proper valuation on him. The, the, you know, trying to do, uh, tr- tr- trying to uh, get cute and move him is just a recipe for disaster in the making. So, uh, again, uh, there's a lot of talk about the Steelers and Antonio Brown moving on, but uh, for lack of a better term, it'd be one of the dumbest decisions the Steelers would have ever made. All right, let's get moving on to golf, which is returning tomorrow afternoon with the Century Tournament of Champions uh, out in Hawaii. Basically, this is a tournament for every champion on the tour last year. So, uh, I mean, honestly, it's going to be a short field uh, uh, because it's only guys who won on the tour last year. Uh, So, uh, in this case, there's actually going to be no cut. And the only people not participating would be Justin Rose, Tiger, and Phil. So, I mean, long story short, it's a short field, which makes this a very competitive course, just from the standpoint of, for those of you in team-based or salary-based season-long PGA Tour events, you can kind of build up... uh, a larger squad and haul in more money because usually when you have larger fields and you take some more of the long shots, you have the uh, downside of missing the cut entirely and then not being able to uh, get any salary money from uh, their earnings that week. So it uh, makes it a little bit different uh, this go around uh, in terms of uh, what's uh, taking place here. So uh, without much further ado, uh, let's get into it. Uh, so uh, in terms of uh, the tournament itself, uh, this is a case where, uh, you know, obviously being out in Hawaii, it's more of a resort style. Uh, the Over the past, uh, based off of uh, the research I was able to do, the past 10 years, like, the score has been minus 16 or better and minus 20 or better eight times. So, uh, you know, this is uh, also the reason why the scores are so high. This is one of those rare PGA courses where, uh, it's actually a par 73 as opposed to a par 72. So it has uh, four par fives, but only three par three. So uh, that that's what's causing the difference. So, uh, I mean, this is kind of one of those cases where you favor guys who can really drive the ball. Uh, they're a wide fairway, so you don't really have to worry about uh, using too much power because, you know, it's kind of hard to miss a fairway when uh, you're, you're playing on these types of courses. So with the wider fairways and not much rough, uh, I mean, really, you're looking at guys who can just drop, pound the ball. So uh, with that being said, uh, you know, in terms of the guys to look at, you know, odds on favorite being Dustin Johnson. Uh, I mean, he has the best odds. Uh, on DraftKings, he's going to run you eleven grand. Uh, FanDuel, 12000 and, you know, it's just an easy play. Yahoo, it's only $46. I mean, realistically, DJ should be amongst your top picks because in terms of evaluation standpoint, especially on Yahoo, there was really not much separating him and the rest of the field in terms of salary. So he's pretty much uh, forced into as a must-play on Yahoo. Uh, on uh, some of the other sites, DraftKings, Again, it's hard not to put him in the lineup just because 
from a salary standpoint, it's not grossly inflated. And again, because of the fact that you don't actually have to worry about the cut, I mean, you can take a chance on some of uh, some of the cheaper guys uh, hanging around because they're going to be around the entire week, obviously, without there being a cut. So, uh, you know, y- you want to put at least one horse in the race that's uh, definitely uh, going to be in the mix down the road. And I-, I would say from a strategy standpoint, you want multiple horses in there. So uh, being that, uh, with that being the case, a couple other guys I'm looking at, John Rahm, uh, it's going to run you 9,800, uh, 10-5 on FanDuel. Uh, I mean, basically, Rom, you know, hot and cold the entire season last year. A uh, bit of a mess all over the place. But, again, if you're talking to all the PGA Tour experts, everyone says Rom is the next big guy uh, to break out. You know, obviously, you had Spieth a couple of years ago, but, like, the next... Uh, transcendent player that people think he, who's going to become number one in the world is John Rahm. It didn't happen last year, so obviously there are some folks who are down on him. But you know, usually when uh, people get down on you, that's when uh, guys t- tend to turn around their game. So I kind of look at Rahm as a potential player here. Uh, next guy up that I would say is uh, you have to consider as one of the favorites for this tournament is Patrick Reed. The guy no one can stand on the PGA Tour. But uh, he's going to run you 8,200 on DraftKings. So, to me, he's a must-play. 10-3 on FanDuel, so not as much of a play. Uh, I think he's about 39 bucks on Yahoo. But, uh, realistically, uh, Reed has played historically very well at this course. Uh, You know, in terms of uh, his finishes uh, at uh, Kapalua... He's at uh, he's finished sixth, second, and first in his last three trips there, uh, and I mean, let's be honest, it, it you know, as much as uh, people dislike the guy, you know, he does tend to be a grinder, and again, when you tend to be the guy that no one likes, you tend to show up at places to rub people's face in it and win. So I, I would look at this as a case where. You know, even if Reed doesn't win the tour, uh, the tournament this year, he's probably going to be in your top five somewhere. So I, I just think it's a no-brainer to have him as, as a lock along with DJ in your uh, pairings uh, on the DFS site. So uh, to me, that that's a no-brainer is uh, Patrick Reed uh, to be included in your uh, tournament pairings, especially if you're doing cash games. Uh, tournaments, yeah, uh, you know, Reed's going to be ch- a little bit chalky, but for cash games, uh, absolutely, uh, Patrick Reed's got to be in the mix there. Moving on with some of the other guys I'm taking a look at, uh, Gary Woodland is definitely a not-so-household name that uh, would be uh, pretty useful in all formats, uh, to be honest, for, as uh, both tournament and cash game, uh, just because uh, he has the all-around game uh that should be perfectly suited for this course. So I, I'd be very surprised if he doesn't place in the top 10 here, but uh, I also expect him to be popular on uh, most of the DFS sites just because uh, from so, some of the folks I've been checking from a modeling standpoint, uh, he's getting up there. So uh, general public wise, from an ownership standpoint, um, he's not going to be there, but I know from uh just on the expert end of things, uh, he's definitely a popular play. Uh, he's going to run you eight grand on DraftKings. 
often injured Jason Day. Uh, I just, you know, when I kept kind of going back and forth through it, even though this is a no-cut event, uh, you know, obviously he's going to keep playing. Um, but, uh, you know, I just find there are too many value plays already in uh, in in the mix here that, you know, I just didn't feel the need to uh, uh, go down the road uh, with him. Plus, uh, so, some of the other guys that uh, I had in mind, um, you know, it's just a, a case where uh, I, I'm I'm just seeing uh, too much value in with uh, guys like, uh, you know, if I'm paying up, I, I would rather pay up for a guy like Rom or Bryson DeChambeau than paying up for uh, paying up for Jason Day. It's just uh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, other guys that you can take a look at: uh, Webb Simpson. Uh, he's going to run you 8,500 on DraftKings. FanDuel, 10 grand. Uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those uh, places where uh, he's played in uh, the tournament a couple of times. Uh, so his uh, past three finishes were third, 11th, and third. So Webb Simpson's uh, uh, definitely in the mix, uh, just uh, based off of course his uh, course history. Uh, you know, it's not not necessarily a bad play. Um, like I said, I mentioned Billy Horschel uh, before. Uh, seven grand on DraftKings. I mean, really cheap. Uh, Dra- uh, FanDuel, he's at 8,100. Um, barely above min pricing on Yahoo at $24. Uh, Horschel's, I mean, super streaky. I mean, don't get me wrong, but, uh, for a tournament play, you could do a lot worse than Horschel. Uh, you know, the last three times he's played at Kapalua, uh, he's had finishes of 6th, 22nd, and 11th. So, again, very streaky, but again, you know, when you're trying to fit in some of those roster spots, you can fit in a guy like Horschel with Cameron Champ on Yahoo and then put in all the heavy hitters so you don't really have that much downside to playing him because it's a salary saver move. And if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. But he has he has a chance to actually win this tournament, unlike some of the other mid-price guys that you may see on here that, you know, won a one-off championship. I, I, I'd rather play Horschel than... Uh, probably like uh, so, some of the other guys, like uh, Potter. But um, you know, it, it, it is uh, it is an interesting field to say the least. Obviously, because these are guys who had all won previously. But uh, as I said, uh, Dustin Johnson to me uh, is the odds-on favorite. You know, you can play Rom as well. Patrick Reed is definitely in the mix. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily take uh. I mean, the only guys that I would actually consider for if you were doing a one-and-done tournament, I would say, uh, you know, you can use a guy like Reed because you're not necessarily counting on Reed to win a major. Yes, I know he won the Masters, but, you know, yeah. It, it, it's just one of those where it's like, you know, you take someone, uh, and also because of this golf course being windy, you could do maybe like a... Uh, a Brooks Kepka uh, because of the wind and playing off of things like that. Uh, so, like, you take the guys that you know you're not expecting to be serious contenders at majors at a place like this, but can also bomb it. So, I I probably won't be using Rom. I probably end up using a guy like Reed. Uh, I don't want to use a guy like Leishman that I know I can use down the road. Horschel is another option that I was uh, kind of thinking around in my head is like that, that one off for a one and done uh, setting. Uh, if you, if you do one, uh, one and done pools. So again, these are all potential options here. 
uh, coming up. But, uh, yep, yeah, uh, got a fun golf year ahead, so more tournaments on tap. But uh, uh, that will do it for the show. Uh, oh, well, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, I was going to wrap up the show, but uh, I'm, I'm literally looking at Twitter here. And apparently, yeah, I'm 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 looking I'm looking at the video here. Apparently, Antonio Brown is singing in a hippo costume. Uh, this is utterly bizarre. I I, I don't I, I don't really get it. Uh, this is uh, uh this is bizarre. <laughs> um, yeah. So apparently, uh, yeah. So apparently, uh. Antonio Brown, in addition to not showing up for the Steelers, is uh, is basically singing in a hippo mask. Um, yeah, there's that. Uh, uh, I really don't know what to make of this. I really, I really don't know what to make of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. All right. Um, that's, that's going to do it for the show. Uh, I, I will say you can look it up on the video, uh, because I'm sure this will be on social media in the morning. Uh, yeah. Antonio Brown singing with a hippo mask on strange times. All right, folks, uh, have a good one. And, uh, we'll catch up, uh, later on the week to go over the NFL. So take it easy.